0: To get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. Welcome, everybody. If you're new here, this is a Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. Tonight, I have a lovely, lovely story for you guys. But uh, first, I want to do a shout out for two podcasts. Number one, among the dirt and trees, that is a true crime podcast focusing on true crime out in nature. Excellent podcast, and I produce that for her. Next, I want to uh, shout out another podcast that I found and it is called and you would like this, Jen. And let me I, let me see if I can pull the picture up here. It's called Serial Napper. Oh, and it is true crime that you can nap to.
1: (laughs) That's perfect.
0: Yeah. So I I listened to a few of hers and they're really good. I uh, definitely recommend Serial Napper right here. International true crime podcast. Want to shout her out. She's a Canadian. Okay, and she's got a great voice for it. This month she's doing Halloween related episodes. So definitely check that out. All of hers this month are going to be Halloween Related
1: literally the only thing that i nap to, but on Netflix, I don't like I haven't I haven't heard of that. So I will definitely check her out.
0: Yeah, check it out. Serial Napper. And it's on any podcasting app. I got a lovely story tonight for you guys. We are continuing with the Ed Gein stuff for Halloween. So if you want to hit the uh, the blog link down at the bottom, I'll be doing blog posts all week on Ed Gein. And I'm going to try to release a standalone podcast about his story and I would like to have the supremos and our tacos help if you guys want to help me put that all together and then I'll credit you in the podcast when it's finally out. Anyway, I want to do that all this week and get it out all this week. So I'm. Are gonna you going to
1: go with the ghoul title again, or you, go, you should call it Halloween? Oh,
2: that's a good title.
0: Yeah, but I don't want people to not listen to it outside of the outside airport. of uh, October.
1: Okay, so we can just call the time when we're going over it Halloween week. Yeah,
0: but like it that. will be called Ghoul. Yeah, like uh, so. You know, I had a, originally released two episodes, but I'm going to finish it up this year. I redo everything and release it. So I want you guys' help if you guys want to help and I'll credit you in the in the credits. I thought it'd be pretty cool for you guys. And I'm gonna be doing that all week, but you gotta be a supporter to uh weigh in on that and get credited on it and all that stuff. So go to patreon.com slash talkmurder. Yeah, That's it's a great
1: resume point. You can say co creator of the Google podcast. Yeah.
0: Now that we're getting more Heck popular, yeah. yeah. So we're getting more popular now. Are we? Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's something that my high school self would never, ever
0: <laughs> hear. And everyone that's a Supremo will get something, whether it's a comic book or a, a enamel pen or even Wait, like you the, mean like
2: existing Supremo or they don't have to win a prize for it? No, no. You no. mean prize? prize only. No,
0: no, no. Anybody who is a Supremo, I'm going to send something whether it's, you know... A, oh, a, a piece e- of confetti? It's not going to... Yeah. We have a lot of Supremos. How many?
2: <laughs> I don't think you realize that is our highest tier.
0: Oh, uh, shit. So, all right. we have almost help 100 us.
2: Patreons and almost all of... Uh, like, okay. Um, half of them are Supremos. Help us. We are poor. But well, help us 5%. so, so you have committed something <laughs> Oh, shit. we may not be able to afford to deliver
0: no fuck it i what? no fuck i i will deliver it it's gonna be ed gein <laughs> Personally, something he'll show up no, on your door i will it you'll get something random it's not gonna be bullshit it's nothing printed out or whatever but it's gonna be something ed gein related i promise i'll deliver it i'll eat my words i'll pay for it i'll Go to Etsy and order more stuff, but everyone will get some Ed Gein this year if you're a Supremo. All right, well let me let me revise it a little bit. I'm not taking it back, but you have to request if you're a Supremo. You gotta want it, you, yeah. If you are, because I you know we obviously have some people that I don't want to just send them a random Ed Gein thing. They'll be like, what the fuck? Where
1: did yeah. this come from?
0: You have to request it. So everyone on here, as far as you guys, you don't have to request it because I'm gonna send. I know you guys want it. So, but anyone else. and i'll put this on the actual podcast episode if you're a supremo just get in the discord or send me a patreon message whatever and request it and i'll send you something and it's going to be it's something legit yeah either a book or you know whatever so but i will do that
2: and we are going to do a surprise shot dedicated to Sarah today um and yeah so I picked something out on your behalf cool cool
0: cool Sarah
2: <laughs> surprise
1: shots surprise shots we don't know what they are because they're a
0: surprise this looks good Sarah S-A-R-A-H
1: correct cheers cheers Apple have <sighs> heavy on the teeny
0: <gasps> oh great that was great, Sarah.
1: I do enjoy it. apple. That's mm.
0: good.
2: I thought about mixing like a little fireball with it, but I wasn't sure if the sour apple and mm. that would have been good. It'd be good if you had some cranberry juice
1: with that. That would be a pretty good cocktail. Ooh.
2: We got a lot of folks on the live stream today. We got Megatron, Shram, Natasha. I saw Darren, I saw Lauren. Um, I think I saw Martin. Summer. Summer yep. Yeah, all the party people, us, and we are, I know we're a little earlier than we said we were going to be, so.
0: Yeah, um, sorry about that. Efficiency.
2: Yeah, we deliver. Mm. Also,
1: I was, I had nothing to do and I didn't know what to do with my two extra hours of time, so I showed up early.
0: Yeah, which is good. Which worked out great. Yeah, I spent all day yesterday freaking trying to fix this live stream finally got it fixed not the way i wanted to fix it but it's working so i'm not going to complain
1: also does anyone out there know how to fix an air conditioning unit because my ac in my house how is, old is it uh it's not that old it's blowing air, but it's just not blowing cold air. So How
0: old is it? It's not that is old. Is it older than fifteen years? I don't think so. Okay, because if it is, you need another one.
2: Yeah, I'll send you um, who we used to check out ours. They were the only um, company that actually priced us appropriately. Okay, good. So, but does anyone have you... any free
1: suggestions? Yeah, s- because SRAM, I don't have.
0: Tr- Stram has one for you. Tram says needs freeze juice,
1: (laughs) refrigerant. I need to figure out how to how to put that in.
0: No, it doesn't use refrigerant. It uses that's what uh, that is. I know, but an air conditioner for your house, yeah, Freon. You know, when I was in military camp, these assholes would uh, snort that stuff. They like would, whippets. Yeah, they would unplug it out of the back of the air conditioner and take a hit of it. And I swear one of them died for like maybe two minutes. He was dead. I'm pretty sure. it was Did this you Asian perform kid. CPR? No, I was just the one that, that um, you know, dared him to do this. So I I wasn't technically a part of it. I didn't do it myself. But anyway, I'm pretty sure he was dead for at least 60 seconds. He was unresponsive.
2: Mm. Okay, well, before we get started, uh, let me (laughs) shout out our newest uh, Supremos. And I know we were uh, were a little bit behind. So I do have quite a few folks to, um, to shout out. We have Catherine, Leanne, Courtney, Stephanie, Amanda, Gin Juiced, and Kyle.
0: Oh, shit. I'm going to go broke buying this Ed Gein shit. Yep. I, I thought we had like maybe 20.
2: No. Our, <laughs> our, our, the Supremo is our, our biggest tier. Welcome to the uh, club. So.
0: Well, I am ready to get started, man. I am completely ready to get started if you guys are...
2: Perfect. Sounds
0: good to me. Sweet. So, does anybody want to take a guess of what we're talking about tonight?
1: Ed
0: Gein. Oh shit! How do you know that? I don't know. <laughs> it's
2: just Context clues. Mm.
0: All right. So, on the last episode, and I know I'm a little Ed Gein heavy, but we we uh discussed the the murder of a tavern owner, Mary Hogan, and then I. Mm-hmm. Ended it where her head was found. Mm-hmm. Now, I showed you the head. Yes. I don't know if you remember seeing said head, but...
1: I remember you showing us the picture, yes.
0: Okay, so we're going to talk about that. I said head, not face. So if you remember... Now I'm questioning.
2: Well, I, can you, can you <laughs> just throw... Go ahead and throw the picture back up. Like, let's... All right. For those who weren't with us last week...
0: That head is, is uh, missing some things, like a face.
2: I mean, I
1: see a face... You mean skin?
0: Yeah, yeah, skin, yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: I see If Like, her eyes are there, and her teeth are there. (laughs) No, let's just leave this (laughs) on the screen for the whole episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shit. All right. So, anyway, last time we, we went to 1954, December 8th. We're going a little bit forward on this episode right here. I'm starting out... In Plainfield, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you want to see the farm location real quick? Sure. All right. So I'm going on Google Earth right now, and we're going to look at Ed Gein's farm, which is right as I, I can find it. Oh, here it is. So this is Ed Gein's farm address right here. Now, as you see, it's no longer there. Mm. So tonight we are talking about Ed Gein, the, the infamous ghoul of Plainfield. This is the uh, location of the farm. It's no longer there. It
1: looks like a Plainfield.
0: Yeah, so Plain... (laughs) Yeah, it's very intuitive of you, Jen. (laughs) So this is where it's at right here. So if you go to the city of Plainfield, it's about, I don't know, uh, maybe three miles as the crow flies to the the town of Plainfield. And this is it today. It's still, like, really small and shitty. Mm. And even today, like, everyone just knows it as... The Ed Gein town, mm-hmm. like it still never shook that. You know what I'm saying? It's a very small town.
1: It that it is very small. It doesn't look like there's anything modern there at all. I mean, there was a post office. Yeah. But like no Chick-fil-A or Dunkin' or Darby's or...
2: I mean, all the things McDonald's. that I need in order to survive. <laughs> Honestly, it's will DoorDash deliver to this location? Yes or no? Is
0: it near Beach? Oh, there's no way DoorDash is in Plainfield, Wisconsin.
2: Exactly. The other day, you're like, look at this property. There's 50 acres. And I, and you, you, you did <laughs> ask yourself the question that you knew I was going to ask. Do you think yeah. DoorDash would deliver there? Fuck no. No. If the answer is no, no, we ain't moving.
0: Sorry. So, Wisconsin is known as Kodak country, right?
2: Oh, like the camera?
0: Yeah, yeah. With Kodak, you think of big bears and stuff. You know, Kodak, like the outdoors. Kodiak. No, Kodak.
1: No, Kodiak is the bear. Kodak okay. is the Kodak, camera.
0: No, I know it's a camera, but it's, it also means like... Kodak Country. You never heard that term? No. no.
1: Like picturesque?
0: Yeah, picturesque.
1: Oh, kind of interesting. Shit. Okay. I mean, it looks just like a bunch of nothing.
0: Well, that is Plainfield. I said Wisconsin oh, Wisconsin. Is. Yeah.
1: They're also known as Cheese Country.
0: That's true. Yeah. So what, what cheese specifically?
1: Wisconsin. Sharp cheddar.
0: During the confession, since you brought that up, during the confession that Ed Gein gives, which we're going to do next week if you want, Nicole, mm-hmm. while describing all these horrific things. I'm going to talk about tonight and confessing to all these heinous acts and depravities. Mm-hmm. He stops and says he's hungry and he wants a piece of apple pie. Apple pie.
1: Without the cheese is like a kiss without the squeeze. That's what my dad always used to say.
0: Yeah. So they, he put a huge chunk of cheddar cheese on the apple pie and then he complained that the the cheddar cheese was dry.
1: Do you think next week we can have like homemade mac and cheese? Yeah. with With Wisconsin cheddar cheese. That would be a decent cheat meal. Sure.
0: Yeah.
2: I have a very, yeah, yeah. We can do that. We can totally do. That. Okay. What do you want for your cheat meal list today? Um, I don't know. All right. Well, you've got a little bit of time to think you, about it.
1: I'll just get something wherever you guys decide. Cuz I brought those I brought those crumble cookies I've had
2: I know, but you, you this is this is your week of mm. just think about it. Okay.
0: All right. So we're going to November 16, 1957. And I'm starting actually with the sheriff. Now we're at Ed Gein's home. His home and property is 195 acres. It's a large piece of land that he owns mm-hmm. or that he owned. And his house, it used to be the. Uh, all the other farmers were jealous of how nice this house was that he lived in. But since his mother died, which we're going to talk about, it has become dilapidated and it is basically known before anyone knew about the murders as a haunted house. I have a quote in here uh, that I'm gonna get to later that when the kids actually walk by Ed Gein's house, like before this all happened and before they knew that he was a plainfield ghoul, they would walk right up into it about 100 meters from the actual house and then sprint as fast as they can. They'll run like hell because they thought it was a haunted house.
1: So it was like whoever could get the closest one?
0: No, no, no. They would run past it. Like they were so scared of it, they ran past it.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about like a game they played.
0: Well, they probably played that too, I would imagine. As I said, we're starting November 16th, 1957. We're actually at the home of Ed Gein at this point. And the sheriff, Sheriff Art Schley, S-C-H-L-E-Y, and his deputy are at the house of Ed Gein. Now, Ed Gein is not at the house at this time. He is in the police station being questioned. So no one knows what's going on with with this. OK, Sheriff Schley and his deputy was they were at the Gein residence. Now, this sheriff, this is his third week on the job. He just got this job as sheriff in Plainfield. His family's actually still living in the police station today. They, yes, today, Jen. 70 years later what are you talking about well i don't know the sheriff and his family at this time is still living in the police station they got it they got it sectioned off so they can have somewhere to live but they don't even have permanent residence yet he is three weeks into this job and he is about to take he's about to take on the the most notorious case not even not in plainfield history or wisconsin history but in nation in the nation's history mm-hmm. this is a worldwide event everyone was was getting in on this right so he has a full-time staff of only two deputies only two deputies and one of them was with him the other one is with Ed Gein at the police station taking a confession. Mm. The annual budget is only eleven thousand five hundred dollars. The ca- I mean, think about the case that
2: that is insignificant. Yeah, for this case, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So him and his deputy, they're at Ed Gein's home and they try the front door. They can't get in. It's locked. The back door locked. The barn around back is the only thing that is. It's not. It's not unlocked, but it's only locked with this like little dinky hatch Got it. or this dinky little hitch. Right. This is one of those things. that yeah. Bolts. So they obviously just break that open and they get the door down and now they're in Ed Gein's barn. Mm-hmm. Now, this barn is connected to the summer kitchen in the house. The house is actually pretty large. Right. All right. Now, the first thing they notice is there's absolutely no electricity in Ed Gein's home at all. So they have to go and get their flashlights. Okay. So that is, number one, really annoying.
2: And it's not that he, like, had electricity. Was he just not paying for it, or did he not even have electricity connected to the house?
0: He just, he didn't have it connected. Because it's
2: an old, old
0: farmhouse. Okay. Yeah, but this was in 57.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: but if he, like, if he was living there with his mom as a kid, and then the mom died, I like, you know, if he was like, maybe he didn't want to make improvements to the house because that's the way the Mama
0: had it. I'm going to sh- I'm going to show you actually inside the house. There's plenty of photos. But the sheriff would later say, quote, it was hard to believe that anything human could make its home in such a place. No electricity. It was a hoarder's nightmare. Things strewn all over the place, trash, garbage, things that a hoarder would think is worth saving. There were calendars on the wall that were 10 years old that just were never taken down. Now they're in the barn area. And they're shining their flashlights and the deputy actually finds his way to the summer kitchen and he opens the door. He's about to go in there. And then the sheriff, he bumps into something.
2: Meanwhile, the sheriff stepped back and swept his flashlight beam around the room. He felt something touch his jacket from behind and turned to see what had brushed up against.
0: The sheriff in utter shock mumbled the following. Quote, my God, there she is. That was the only thing he said. He stumbled from the shed and tripped over the doorway, fell into the grass. Now, this is before his deputy knew what was going on. He just heard the sheriff, his boss. Oh, my God. He stumbles out. It's completely dark, except the flashlight. The only you can't see shit unless you point that flashlight beam at something. Right. He stumbles out. He falls on his ass and then he starts vomiting loudly. Oh. Blah, blah. He could not control himself. And then the deputy, the deputies, what was going on? What did he see? He shines his flashlight. Then he sees this horrific sight. And he himself runs out the shed and also starts vomiting. Like that episode of Family Guy, blah, blah. Yeah. they're just violently vomiting. quote quote, vomiting loudly the sheriff would only make this comment about the house after this incident he said quote it was just too horrible horrible beyond belief so we're going to actually go back into the shed and i'm going to show you what they saw at the end of the episode but that was (laughs) kind of like a teaser
2: that was a teaser
0: (laughs) yeah jesus the last episode, I said we started in 1954, and that was with the murder of Mary Hogan. Today, we're going to Saturday, November 16th, 1957. Oh, so later. Yeah, three years later. This is the the start of the nine-day hunting season. All in all, there were over 28,000 deer killed this season just in this county of Washoura. That's a Seems lot. like a lot, yeah. That's <laughs> a lot, yeah. Um, so... A lot of the hunters will come up from different states to hunt the Wisconsin land. A lot of the hunters would actually hunt on Edgeen's property too because he has 195 acres and he didn't, he didn't actually, Edgeen didn't hunt himself. He was actually, he was grotesquely disturbed by the a deer's blood, mm-hmm. the blood of an animal. He, w- he wouldn't kill anything bigger than a squirrel or a rabbit. So, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy to think about what we're going to talk about. Yeah. That he was so s- squeamish when it comes to animal blood, right?
1: Is it just me? I mean, I know that people do hunt back up You know, in New England, but I don't think it's as big as it is down here. I feel like every time, you know, I'm on on those dating apps, it's like every single person has You're you're in the
0: fucking south. This is fucking redneck county. So
2: hunting, you think hunting is more prominent down here? I guess not, but different than like urban areas. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Maybe it's like. I don't know. Maybe up north, like like, up like north, Maine, north, yeah,
2: Vermont. Yeah. If I
0: if I pull out my high school yearbook, I am one of ten people who do not have a buck's head behind their profile shot for their class. Their class so for the like senior
1: picture. Yeah,
0: yeah for oh. for their senior picture.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Are are you one of ten people who do not have a senior picture in your yearbook?
0: No, I'm talking about just no, not so a like senior John picture. Didn't show
2: up for <laughs> for school that just day. Just
0: the the pictures, you know, yeah. everyone's pictures. Yeah. 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 So, but and I'm on actually the page where it's like six degrees of uh, John Perry, where it's like my cousin. I could touch my cousins. I I can literally uh, reach do you out. Wanna,
1: like, reword I can, that? <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So, November sixteenth, nineteen fifty-seven. This is where we're going. I said Plainfield, but we're actually going to. Miss Warden's Hardware Store, and this is it right here. So a couple things to notice about this. This is taken from the time, and there's a a truck here. Mm -hmm. This truck's going to become important. This is just a hardware truck, and it's usual for someone else to drive this truck. So this photo here is taken across the street from from where? What does this look like? Gas station. A gas station. So this is a view from the gas station. So the witnesses are the witness from what we're about to talk about. The only real witness was the gas station owner Mm. who was just watching the store all day long. Warden's Hardware Store at the time served as an official... Tag location for the the hunting season, right? So hunting season starts, and you, you just can't go and and kill a bunch of deer. You have to have them uh, feel dressed out, which means you take their guts out, you slit them open, you gut them, you tag them, and then you take them to the or you take them to the nearest inspection spot. Which is usually like a government office, a tavern, a gas station, or, you know, a hardware store. Literally, that was, there was only two locations in town where you could get this thing tagged, your deer, if you shot one. And one of them was at Warden's Hardware Store. Okay. So what? what? And there were 28,000 deer shot this year alone. So with only two stores, if one of them on this day, Warden's Hardware Store Mm -hmm. appears to be locked, with no one inside obviously something's wrong right all right
1: but like what is the point of getting it why do you have to get it like inspected and tagged i don't understand so
0: you, you so no one will go out and shoot a baby deer and like you, they have to be a certain size you know what i'm saying you can't just go out and shoot anything yeah it, but like even
1: if you what if you get it inspected and it is too small
2: then what then you've already killed the baby deer but, i think you can get but, in trouble for it if you like don't follow the rules
0: they're also they're also so Deer hunting is controlled. Like The reason we do it is because deer multiply so rapidly, so we have to control the population. So once you hit a certain number, that's it for that area. If we didn't deer hunt every year, we'd be overrun by deer because they produce so rapidly. So it's not only getting it tagged and making sure it's the right size and that you're not shooting deer. Baby deer, or something, but also to to keep the tally because you don't want to shoot too too much of them because then they won't. There's not enough to to replenish, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's the whole point of having them inspected and tag tagged like that. Oh, okay. So this hardware store is owned by this woman here. Even though this photo kind of makes her look like a man, but this is Bernice Warden right here. How old does she look to you?
2: Well, last time you said that we were. um like way off. Well, this so is gonna in the fifties.
1: If this is in the fifties, I would say then, yes, she would be in her fifties or sixties, fifties or sixties.
0: Here's a better picture of her. This one's colored, uh, post colored, obviously, but
1: don't you love that they can do that now? Oh. This is her right here. Okay. So I would say seventies then.
0: All right. So that's Bernice Warden. That's Bernice Warden. She is the proprietor of this shop, this hardware shop. She to the community was a very respected woman. In fact, she just won the Citizen of the Week contest like in the local newspaper. She was well-loved, very well-respected. She had money, so she was you know, pretty well off. She had had the oldest running store and business in Plainfield since the 1890s. Mm-hmm. So a, a, a hardware store that's over 60 years old. And Plainfield itself isn't really that old to begin with. She's a 58-year-old doting grandmother, a great businesswoman and a devout Methodist. That's who I just showed you, Bernice Warden. Her son Frank, who will later take over the shop, is not only the sheriff of a excuse me, not only a deputy sheriff of Plainfield, he is also the village constable and the fire marshal. So hmm. that's how small that fucking town is. He is the deputy sheriff, village constable and the fire marshal. That's her son. And he was out hunting that day with every other male that could hold a rifle. Women aren't allowed, obviously, it's a man's thing.
2: Of course not. If you're a
0: man and you can hold a rifle, you're out hunting that day. And when you shot a buck or a deer, you would bring it to Warden's hardware store to get it inspected and tagged. Anyway, Frank comes back, it's around 3 p.m. that evening. Now, he, he didn't actually shoot a buck himself, but it's still got like seven days to, for the hunting season, so he's not really worried about it. But he tries to enter his mother's store, Warden's hardware store, after the, the gas station attendant asked him why you know where's his mother at why is the the door locked people have been trying to go in there all day you know there's blood all over the sidewalk because they're dragging their deer up to the front door and then they have to go back out they can't even enter the building so he's just like really worried like what plus the lights are on which back in that back in those days you don't leave the lights on if you're not in somewhere like that shit's expensive like especially the oil lamps and stuff like that You don't leave that stuff on. So Frank, the son, goes up to the door, sees that it's locked, and he doesn't go in yet. He runs home. He gets a spare key. Then he opens the door, and he sees what he would later say, quote, a great deal of blood. The cash register is missing completely. The floor was splattered and smeared with blood. This looks eerily similar to what what other crime scene around this area has the same sort of setup to it where there is a large streak of blood that looks like a body was dragged through it going out the back door.
1: Wouldn't it be Mary Hogan's tavern?
0: This looks eerily similar to the Mary Hogan incident. Now, he calls the sheriff, the, the sheriff Schley and Schley from Watoma calls his chief deputy, Arnie Fritz, and they show up all together at the Frank Warden store with Frank Warden at his mother's store. They walk in and the first thing that Frank says to them is, quote, he's done something to her. So he says he's done something to her. They're like, Who? Eddie Gein. So going back to where we started, where Sheriff Schley is with his deputy at Ed Gein's location, this is where they're going now, okay? So they're going to actually find out what's going on. Let's go to Eddie Gein at this point. Around the same time, his closest neighbors, the Hills, their sons, Bob Hill and Darlene Hill, They walk over and they ask Eddie, because they're real close, and, and Eddie always goes over there for supper. They ask him for a ride into town. He says, sure, but he's got to wash off the blood from his hands because he was dressing out a deer. Now, keep in mind, Eddie never shot deer. He was repulsed by the blood of an animal and they knew that. So they immediately thought it was weird. But at this point, it's just like, well, why did no one know that this crazy stuff was going on for years? It's because it's little old Eddie Gein. He's a weirdo. He's just a weirdo. He says weird things and you just, you know, whatever. You
2: just chalk it up to be whatever. He's I mean, not obvious, harmful.
0: Obviously, he wasn't dressing out a deer because he doesn't shoot deer, but there's blood on his hands. I don't know. Maybe maybe he shot a rabbit, you know, or whatever. It's just gene, like whatever, you know. They come over, the kids come over, and they're asking Yeti for a ride. Like, take us to town. Take us to town. I want to see what's going on. There's this huge thing. There's cops everywhere from every other county They're at the warden's store. Take us. And Eddie's like, okay, just let me wash the blood off. Kids tell him that there's something going on. Miss Warden's missing, perhaps. Then Eddie says to them, quote, must have been somebody pretty cold-blooded. They ask Eddie to take them to see. He says, okay, washes the blood off. They all get in Eddie's 49 uh, Ford truck and the thing's idling and they're about to leave to go to Plainfield and then two officers pull up one taps on the window eddie i need to talk to you he rolls down the window and gets out the truck you know what's going on eddie can you just tell me what you did today what was your day like he tells him the story goes through this whole day and then the officer says all right can you just i'm sorry let, let me write this down can you can you just go over that you know one more time for us like what'd you do today just for a second time if you don't didn't mind And this is the conversation that happened.
2: Now, Eddie, said Officer Dan Chase after a moment. You didn't tell the same story come through here that second time. Eddie blinked once, then said, Somebody framed me. Framed you for what? Asked Chase. Well, Mrs. Warden. Chase leaned closer to a suspect. What about Mrs. Warden? Well, she's dead, ain't she? Dead, Chase exclaimed. How do you know she's dead? Eddie's lopsided grin seemed frozen in place.
0: Ooh, spooky. So... Eddie was one of the few adults and, you know, children. I mean, if you can hold a rifle, 10 years old, you're out hunting with your daddy. He was one of the few men, I should say, in Plainfield not hunting that day. As I said, he would not kill deer He would shoot rabbit and squirrel, but that was basically just to get him off his property. There was a story about why he wouldn't shoot this and why he was so repulsed by this animal blood. And we're going to talk about the mother and his background later, but, and I'll get into this later, but when he was a child, his mother, Augusta and his father, they would, they would slaughter animals to sell uh, as meat Uh for the, for the villagers and they told him to stay out of the shed don't ever come in here eddie you know don't come in here because that's where they slaughtered animals
2: and he didn't want to see that right well he, like, didn't, he
0: didn't know what was he didn't they never told eddie they were doing that because eddie as you'll see was a really weird kid and he wouldn't be able to handle some news like that but mm-hmm.
2: that kind of like continued on if he wasn't willing to kill any animals
0: that's what i'm saying like, This, right, right yeah yeah this is kind of a preface to that got it anyway when he was i don't know 10 years old or something like that he opens the door and he sees that he sees the mother augusta with the one with the knife she's actually got the knife and she's gutting the pig a huge old hog gutting the pig and right when she slits it down the the center of the pig of the hog all the guts fall out and his father is basically just holding the hog. and all of a sudden, they both look over at Eddie and Eddie is just stunned. And since then he'll never forget. And since then he never want, he didn't want anything to do with the blood of an animal because it's too repulsive. Anyway, at this day is Saturday, first day of deer hunting season, He's not going to hunt. So when he wakes up, he loads his 49 Ford sedan with a gas can because he got to get gas for the day. And he carries his glass jug for antifreeze. Now, Ed had stopped by the Warden's hardware store the night before and asked about the price of antifreeze. That's when Bernice Warden told him what it was. So he decided to come back the next morning around 8 a.m., which he did, carrying in his glass jug. He also asked Frank Warden, the son who was there at the time, if he was going to be out deer hunting, which is kind of suspicious. You're like, why would you care, Eddie? you know right But he said he was and that was one of the reasons Frank knew that his mother was with Eddie in, in some way. So Ed enters this Warden's hardware shop. He's got his glass jug. Bernice Warden would never be mean to Eddie. There's not a lot of people in Plainfield, and Eddie was a good customer. The mother, Augusta, when she was alive, was a great customer. They would buy from the hardware store. So as much as Eddie was a weirdo and 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 was pestering Bernice Warden all the time, he even asked her if she would be interested to go to go try out this new roller skating rink in, in one of the towns over that was just built. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. He invited her to, quote, try out the floor. Anyway, he was just a pest, and lately he's been pestering her more and more. But she would never be mean to him because he was such a good customer, and the Gein family has always been good customers. So she fills up his, his jug of antifreeze. He pays her one dollar. She gives him back one penny, and he leaves. He leaves. Actually, the receipt that was written on the counter, and he forgets to take that, which is part of his, you know, undoing. his downfall. His downfall. Yeah. Well, everyone knew that he did it anyway. So he goes outside and he puts the antifreeze in his truck and then he actually comes back in. He wants to inquire about a new rifle. He has a Marlin rifle, a 22 caliber rifle, but it only shoots short range bullets. And he wants a rifle that will accommodate both short, long and long rifle caliber for for this rifle. So he wants to basically trade in his old one for this one that he's been eyeing in in, uh, the Warden's hardware store. So he asks to see one from behind the ha- behind the counter. She says sure, grabs it off the rack, puts it in Eddie's hands. Then she goes to the window and looks out at the town, looks across the gas station, and says some remarks, this, that, and the other. And then, standing there with her
2: back to Eddie, she had no way of knowing that at that very moment he was reaching into her, his overalls pocket for a twenty-two shell. Or that in his festering madness, he had begun to perceive the 58-year-old widow as a wicked creature deserving of divine punishment, the evil antithesis of his own sainted mother.
0: Hmm. All right. So before I go any further, I forgot to mention this, but we are reading the book tonight. Nicole's reading passages from the book of my favorite true crime author, Harold Schechter. This book is the most well-known on Ed Gein and is fantastic, man. Anything by Harold Schechter is great. We did the Bloody Bender story off him. And I think a couple other ones. He is my favorite author. His fantastic book is called Deviant. And it's the Ed Gein story. It's like the official one that everyone uses. So across the street, the gas station attendant sees the ongoings of the day. He sees Miss Warding returning with her mail at 8.15. He sees the delivery truck being unloaded a few minutes later between 8.45 and 9.30 he saw Warden's hardware panel truck pull out and a man was driving it, which was not unusual. But we know at this point that that was Eddie Gein driving the panel truck, Hmm. all right, not his own truck. That truck would later be discovered with blood all inside it, abandoned in Pine Grove down Lover's Lane, you know, in the next town. over Pine Grove is where Mary Hogan was killed. Right. This is from Ed Gein's own words during his confession.
2: When I went into Mrs. Warden's, I took a glass jug for permanent antifreeze. When I entered the hardware store, she came toward me and said, do you want a gallon of antifreeze? And I said, no, half gallon. She got out the antifreeze and pumped it out. And I held the jug out for her to pour it in. And then she pumped out the other quart. And I was still holding the jar when she pumped that. Then I paid her with a dollar bill. She gave me one back because it was 99 cents. Hmm.
0: He's on his way home now in his own truck and he's flying. Now, Eddie usually drives extremely slow. But one of the neighbors who felt really guilty because he shot a buck on Eddie's property was driving past him and he felt really guilty so he's going to slow down and talk to eddie but eddie just flies right by him which is definitely weird anyway this guy comes to eddie's house later in the day to to apologize and eddie was like oh i don't care i don't care But he did notice that Eddie was changing his tires of his car, which is not unusual. But it was the start of winter and he was actually taking off his snow treaded tires and putting the regular ones back on, which is weird. But, you know, it's fucking is Eddie Gein. He's just weird. Right. All right. So now let's go back to what the deputy saw and the 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 sheriff who was vomiting loudly in the grass of Eddie's Eddie's uh lawn what that site was okay obviously it was something to do with Miss warden and Eddie is at the police station at this point the son has no idea where his mother's at probably dead because of the amount of blood but still so the the sheriff and the other deputy enter Eddie's dilapidated farmhouse to try to find Miss Warden and that's where we started from quote it was hard to believe that anything human could make its home in such a place the sheriff is vomiting outside after he says quote my god there she is he was talking about Bernice Warden they had found her body and I have a photo of the body so I'm going to show you the photo and it's kind of graphic so this is the actual photo of Bernice Warden's body. And maybe a little graphic. I don't know. I think you guys can handle it.
2: <laughs> I mean, they keep coming back. So. Well, uh, yeah, it yeah. might be graphic. It's You're here. So
0: <laughs> So you remember Sheriff Slay? He bumped into something. And he's got that old 50s flashlight, which we were talking about the other day, watching this horror movie, because you can see him The flashlight's... It only lights up what you pointed at. They were not very good. So you have to point at something. So he bumps into this thing and it kind of sways almost like a deer being hung up. And then he shines a flashlight on it. And this is what he saw. So this is what he saw. Oh, dear. Oh, I do not like that. Can you describe that?
2: Um, she is hung upside down. Cut. Cut open from her hoo-ha.
0: Here's uh, two more. She also has
2: no head. Oh, dear. Oh, that is like carved out.
0: You can see like the inside here carved out like yep. where her anus was. Why are you? It's like we've done this 400 times. I
2: know, but it doesn't make the image not shocking. I'm already like
1: I told y'all. I this already is the backside of today. her. Oh, no. Poor lady. Like what? Like. I know that Eddie was not well, but like no one deserves
0: that. So let me show you this one photo again because I got to explain it. This is what a deer would look like if it was dressed out. So when you dress out a deer like this picture here, this is Bernice's warden's body. It is absent of a head. There is a huge, a huge cut down the middle of her body from her, from her growing area up What did I say it wrong?
1: (laughs) No, no, that's just how you pronounce it. It's not saying wrong, it's just how you pronounce
0: it. There's a huge cut starting from her genital area going all the way up to almost the neck. The head is cut off, so you see the neck, so it's almost like around where the heart would be. Just enough cut that you can get all the internal organs out. But this isn't a deer. This is a human. This is Bernice Warden, the fifty-one-year-old proprietress of that shop, Warren's Hardware. So this is what the sheriff bumps into, and this is why he was vomiting so loudly.
1: Not to make not to make a joke, but it's like, oh, excuse me, ma'am. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oops. I mean, she's completely headless, and the the contraption is it's a block and tackle like you would hang a deer up. There is, and let me show you the actual. Uh, look at this photo not the body but the actual mechanism that she's hung by Mm. you see there's a pulley system here this is a log you see it's like a big uh, stick you know and her her ankles are tied up to that stick and then she's hoisted up and this photo right here you can actually see the pulley system you see the pulley system Mm -hmm. and then you see the pulley system here So he hooked her up by her ankles and then he strung her up with this pulley system. So she was dangling dead, a white carcass dangling by its feet. The front completely split open. The trunk was a, quote, gaping hole. And it's weird to see the the head off because in the trunk, which is where the head would sit, is this dark, very dark kind of uh, black hole almost. It's uh, dark looking inside. Yeah, so it's it's really it's dark right there. That's uh, like her neck tendons and stuff. She the she was decapitated, quote butchered like a heifer or a dressed out deer, hanging from a crude wooden crossbar, three feet long, bark covered, sharpened at both ends to a point. One of those points was not tied to her foot, but was actually shoved through her ankle. The other foot was tied with a rod and a stout cord. So he just shoved one, I guess because he didn't have enough rope. To string her up, so he just shoved one right through her ankle. Any questions?
1: Was she killed by being de- decapitated, or was was that she one... cut while she was alive? Well, I there's not a lot of blood, so I would assume she Good was question. dead.
0: But she died in her store, so the the bullet hit her, and then oh, it, that's right, he
2: took out the 22. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right.
0: he shot her in in the store, blew her head off. Not it was a 22, so the bullet was lodged in her head and that caused internal bleeding and probably, I don't know, three to five minutes she was dead. Not instantly, but she, you know, died. And then he drug her out again. Eddie Gein is 140 pounds. He drug out not only Bernice Warden, but remember Mary Hogan, who was even bigger...
2: I assumed he was bigger than that because No, of- he's a one
0: hundred and forty pounds. He is he's short and he is tiny. One hundred and forty pounds. Wow. But when you're fucking motivated, I mean you hear about them the women that their babies get stuck in our cars and they're like they can yeah. lift the fucking car up. If you adrenaline. If, if you like really wanna dress out that human body, then you're gonna find a way. Where there's a will, there's huh. a way. So it's not that I mean, I don't know. You can try it. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, and there left to keep in the coldness of the shed like a side of beef in a butcher's meat locker, the mutilated remains of the 58 year old grandmother hung. Everyone who saw this was stunned in silence. So, a lot of the movies will mimic this. One of the most important ones, which we're going to talk about next week, is Silence of the Lambs. If you've seen Mm -hmm. Silence of the Lambs, do you remember when? They had him in the cage. Yes. And then there were two deputies, police officers watching. Yep. And instead of killing them and just leaving them on the floor, he basically crucified them. Where do you think they got like
2: Wasn't ho- that in the second movie? Or was it the first I don't know? Shoot, now I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh uh, yeah, the, um I know which one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, let's talk about her remains. Like where's where's her head and all of other stuff. The heart of her was found in the, in a plastic bag, okay? Hmm. There were a pile of entrails still warm to the touch, wrapped in a newspaper and folded inside an old suit. So, what I'm describing now is these remains were scattered about the house.
1: And, I mean, that is kind of... I mean, I know you mentioned it earlier, his hoard, hoarder-like tendencies, mm. but... Yeah, he's like
2: preserving
0: certain parts. It's weird.
1: Weird where he's putting them. I mean, yeah. I guess in where people wouldn't think to look for them, but still.
0: Her head was in the shed, but it was in an old burlap feed sack. It not was, in a box. Not in a box. It was smeared with... That was Mary Hogan. Right. It was smeared with blood, dirt, and there was blood actually in both nostrils, but the quote expression looked peaceful. That was how, so this is, a, this is a weird thing about this story. The police actually wrote that, that the expression looks peaceful. Because they've never seen anything like this. They've never seen a human head not on its body, and especially that of an old doting grandmother. So they have to make it make sense. So they would use words like her expression looked peaceful to, to kind of, I don't know, make it not so atrocious and egregious, right? Like they just try to make it seem a little bit better. And there's a lot of weird stuff like that you can look for. But they did notice that something was not right with the head. Mm. The head, there was there was two small nails. You know how you, you hit a nail and if you want to make a hook, you just bend the, the hook up? Yeah. Okay. Stuck into each ear and connected with a hemp rope was the, the head that was found in the, the burlap sack of bernice warden the rope was attached to the hooks because eddie was going to hang it up like an ornament maybe like in his summer kitchen kind of blowing in the wind that was his his uh plan with the head this is the head oh dear and you see down here the rope so inner ear is that bent nail and this was going to be hung up like a trophy like mounted well not mounted but hung up like a you know like a deer head or
1: like, no, 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 no! Not like into your head, no, but like, like if you have bananas and you hang hang them in a hook on oh, the kitchen. Oh, got it.
0: You know those chimers? Yes, wind chimes? yeah, that blow in the wind. Yeah. So wind this chimes. was supposed to wind be chimes. something that would flow in the wind, the hair and everything.
1: Oh, like a uh, lovely, um, like a dashboard yeah. ornament,
2: like a like in your car. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you have it. Oh trophy wife trims.
0: Oh, that's fucked up. Oh. That's terrible. Oh, Uh, man. All right, check it out. We're going to end this episode here, but the next episode, we're going before any of the murders when Eddie was trying to get suitors. Mm -hmm. He he actually was really lonely. And we're going... We're going to start with... I mean, I'm
1: not going out and killing people, but like, yeah.
0: We're going to start with how it would be to go on a date with Ed Gein. So we're starting with an Ed Gein date. So like he actually
1: got dates though?
0: He actually turned down two women. One...
2: (laughs) one. You are not making Jen (laughs) feel good right now.
0: They were both hot. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, one of the women which we're talking about didn't get along with her mother so he couldn't date her oh no the other one was with his
1: mom you mean no 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 mom. with her
0: own mom oh, yeah they, they have to have a good like
1: relationship was. with the mother yeah mm-hmm. and then
0: the second one was uh what um was getting around with all the the men oh so she was kind of a hussy
1: <laughs> she would go on a date with anyone.
0: Yeah. And then he said, quote, the morality of Plainfield is kind of low. That's what he said in his confession. But we're actually going to go on a date with Eddie and, oh. and see what that's like. That, Let's go win a date the Ouija board? With,
2: instead of win a date with Tad Hamilton, win a date with Ed Gein. So
0: I'm, we're going to do that. Yeah, now, and, th- and that's for our Supremos. If, if you guys enjoy this and you want to stay on and keep doing the trivia with us and stuff like yeah. that and see... And I'm gonna and we're also going in Eddie's home. Oh. And it's some fucked up stuff that you're gonna find up in that home. Okay? A lot of stuff. We're gonna get into it. But we're gonna go on that on the next episode. So if you want to, you know, carry on with us and continue to watch that, you got to be a Supremo. So go to Patreon.com, become a Supremo, and stay on with us. I want to end with this one little limerick. Quote, there once was a man named Ed who wouldn't take a woman to bed. When he wanted to diddle, he cut out the middle Uh. (laughs) and hung the rest in his shed. (laughs) So...
2: How does the rest of the man from, from Mantucket go? Um uh, I'll look it up for, for us to start off the next episode. How's that?
0: Yeah. So we'll be back I don't know. We'll be back, guys, in, in fifteen minutes. So look for that link on the uh, the Patreon page. So anyway. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It's talk more to me. Until next time. Good night, you lovely, lovely people.